Well, good morning again. Welcome to Impact Church and part two of a series that we've called Tell a Good Story. And we're excited that you're here for part two of this series. Before we get into that, I do want to just make mention one more time and encourage those of you for Next Steps, which begins this evening at our home at six o'clock. Uh, we really will be respectful of your time, but this is a great way for you to uh, discover the vision of the church, why we do what we do, how you can get involved, discover you know your giftings and different things like that that we believe will help you fulfill a part of our vision as a church, which is helping people discover their purpose. And so that's what this is all about, and it's tonight, next Sunday night, and the Sunday after that. And if you'll give us just those three, about one-hour sessions, we believe we can take you through why we do what we do and all of those things and uh, get you plugged in, involved, in making an impact in the lives of people around you. Amen? Amen. And Fields of Faith, we really do want to encourage you to be there this Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be a great time at Chisholm at 630. Uh, we just we, we want to support uh, what's going on in our community, and, and we're a big part of this as a church, and we have other churches that are involved. Uh, all schools are involved, students, uh, adults, just everybody that could possibly come is going to be there. And so we want to encourage you guys as our church family to be there, support the event, uh, let's let's be there. Let's minister to people. Let's let's love on people. Let's let's join together with other churches and other people in our community on this one night and make the biggest impact that we can possibly make. All right. So last weekend we started a new series uh, called Tell a Good Story, and we discovered last week that what we put in our third blank matters. Come on, how many of you were you here last week? Some of you were here last week. We we discovered that what you put in your third blank matters. Now let me catch you up to speed if you were not here last week, and maybe you remember this, that Pixar, if we've all seen a Pixar movie, they have uh, this guideline that they go off of, and they say that every good story follows the same pattern. And the pattern looks something like this. I believe we have this on the screen again for you. Once upon a time, there was blank. Every day they blank, but one day blank, and everything changed. And we talked about how the third blank is what's the most important, because we all have a once upon a time, there was this Every day we do this, we go about our lives, but what we put in the third blank is the most important thing. And we said last week that the only thing, even though we try to put all of this stuff in the third blank, that the only thing we can put in the third blank that really changes everything is Jesus. We can try to fill it with whatever we want to fill it with, but what I know about every one of us is it's never satisfied that need in your life. When you're trying to figure out what I can do that will change my situation, what I can do that will change my life, what I can do that will change somebody else's life, the only thing that you can put in the third blank is Jesus that's actually going to change everything. So we talked about that last week, and today I want to talk to you on this subject, table for two. Table for two. And you should have a, I, I'm, I'm really hoping my, my prayer today is I want to try to help you. Uh, I want to try to help myself. And I want to try to help you. And I really believe that if you'll lean in and you'll, you'll pay attention, take some notes. You've got a note sheet there in your seat or one close to you. Write this stuff down. I really believe it's going to benefit you. It's going to be a help to you in your life. And so today we're talking on the subject, table for two. Come on, everybody say table for two. Now, last weekend we mentioned uh, how some of the greatest stories we've ever heard were around a campfire. A lot of times we're sitting around a campfire and somebody starts telling a story, we start telling a story, and some of the best stories that you've ever heard that you know 
came from when you were sitting around a fire roasting marshmallows or playing music or whatever you were doing around the fire. But I want to draw your attention today to another place that I believe we uh, experienced some really good stories. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of times around the holidays, around, and it's crazy to think that the holidays are just right around the corner. I mean, it just snuck up on us really, really fast. But around the holidays, uh, we get together, and another great place that a lot of a lot of great stories happen is around the table. Now, your table is probably bigger than my table here, hopefully, unless it's just you. But <laughs> but uh, sitting around the table. A lot of times we hear good stories. Now, you might have, it might be because you're together with family and you've got that crazy uncle or that crazy whoever that is always telling a good story. You know, we, we have a, a family member that every time you get together is like, I can't wait to hear what story we're going to hear about what, how he did what he did and what happened and how frustrating it was to him. And we all get a good laugh out of it. And we all probably have that, that moment. Or, or somebody in our family, and if you're thinking, well, I don't have that crazy person in my family, you're probably that crazy person in your family, so just look in the mirror. But not only that, but how many of us, a lot of times we have friends over to our houses, right? We have people over for dinner. I know we do this at our house. We have people over for dinner, and we'll get around the table, and we'll be talking about, you know, everything that's going on in our lives and telling stories, you know, sometimes about our kids or about something that happened at work or, or you know, just having conversation. And there's some good stories that take place in that. I know even for our family, we try to the best of our ability uh, to, to have dinner together as a family. And so we try to sit down with our kids and be able to talk to them. And, you know, a lot of times it turns into who, fighting over who's sitting by mom and who's sitting by dad and, you know, all that stuff. But... But we go through all of that, and we finally get seated, and we're eating, and, and it, it's a great opportunity to just have conversation, and, and a lot of good conversations happen around the table, around the table. And so maybe, maybe you remember you and your spouse even sharing stories while at a table on an anniversary trip, or maybe you can remember a time when, when you had those certain people over. And they had you laughing because of all the great stories that they were telling. But we can all probably think back to a certain moment when the table provided some great stories. When sitting around a table provided some great stories and conversations that we look back on now and we remember those conversations. And this morning I want to read a passage of scripture to you that you might be familiar with. If you, if, if you read your Bible at all, if you've been in church at all in your life, if you... You know, even if you haven't, there's a good chance that you've probably heard or read these verses that we're going to read today. Because it's, it's one of the most quoted passages in the entire Bible, I think. Uh, but most of us are probably going to be familiar with it. But here's what I want us to do. I want us to look at this, this, this good story that David wrote that we can apply to our lives. And then we're going to talk about it for just a few moments. And hopefully I'm going to be able to help us all out today. We're going to leave encouraged. So I want to read to you. It's just six verses, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Version of the Bible, and this is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. I love this translation of Psalm 123 because it really does expound upon it and really put it into perspective and kind of define some of the terms and the words that were used. And it's it's very encouraging to me what David wrote. Now, I don't know if you've ever just really looked at it. A lot of times we quote it, we read it, but have we ever just looked at it and studied it? And today I want to pick just one little thing out that we're going to talk about for the next few moments together, and that is verse 5. Just the very beginning of verse 5, in fact, says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, what I have discovered in my life, and I figure this is probably true for you too, that what I want this verse to say is one of two things, and I think we have these on the screen as well. Do we have, do we have those? You prepare a table before me away from my enemies. So you pull me out of everything that's going on in my life, and you bring me over here, and you prepare a table for me away from all the trouble, away from all the hurt, away from all the pain, away from my enemies. Or some of us, you know, we like it this way. You kill all of my enemies, and then you prepare a table before me. Most of us, if we're being honest today, and I'm being honest standing up here, we want this scripture to say, you prepare a table before me after you have taken care of everything that I want you to take care of, and it's just the two of us, and we're hanging out, just me and Jesus, and there's nothing going on. That's what we want. But did you see what the verse actually says? Come on, I'm going to help you today. Did you see what the verse actually says? says, because we read this so many times, you prepare a table before me where? In the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. So Jesus prepares a table for you right in the middle of everything that is going on in your life. Everything that you came in with today or that will happen to you tomorrow or that you're going to encounter, your job, your family, Jesus prepares a table for you right in the middle of every bit of it, of all of it. It's right in the middle. He prepares a table for you while you're experiencing sickness in your body. He prepares a table for you while your kids are far from God. He prepares a table for you while you're in the middle of what seems to be a never-ending job search. He prepares a table for you while you're walking through the loss of someone that you love. He prepares a table for you while the enemy is attacking your finances. He prepares a table for you right in the middle of all the enemies that are surrounding you. So whatever you're going through, Jesus has prepared a table for you Right in the middle of it. And a lot of times we're waiting for God to just take care of all of our stuff. Just kill off all the enemies. 
and where it's just me and you, and then we'll hang out, and we'll have a cinnamon roll, and we'll talk, just me and Jesus. <laughs> but that's not, what, that's not what David said. This is the guy, this is the guy who was running for his life, was anointed to be king, but it was many, many, many years later before it actually came to pass. And in everything that he's going through, he says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. Now, as I was studying for this, uh, I, I came up with this. I felt like, you know, the Lord gave me these words and so I want to try to apply this to what this table represents before we get into the rest of the message today. This is what, so I've got an acronym. I like acronyms. They help me remember a lot of times. And this is what, this is what I felt like I was supposed to share with you today. This is what the table that he prepares for you represents. Are you ready? Have I built it up enough? Are you excited? <laughs> Here, here's the T. is simply truth. When, you're, when Jesus prepares a table for you in the presence of your situation, right in the middle of your mess, what he's wanting to do is speak truth into your situation. So when, when, I, when I sit down at the table that Jesus has prepared for me, Jesus is wanting to tell me what's really going on. Because all I can see is all the circumstance and the pain and the struggle and everything that I want him to get rid of in my life. When he wants to sit down and tell me, you know what, you're going to make it through this. Everything's going to be okay. Let me just speak truth over that situation that you're going through. There's a reason why you're going through that situation. The table that he prepares for you in the presence of your enemies is so that he can speak truth over your life. Because he knows that we a lot of times don't speak it over ourselves. When we're in the middle of it, if we don't sit down at the table, we're thinking about everything that's wrong, everything that God's not doing, how we wish this would have been over three weeks ago. But Jesus wants to sit down with you, and he wants to speak truth over your situation. Here's the next one, A, authority. Jesus is trying to remind you that you have authority over the enemy. You're in the presence of your enemies. And all hell is breaking loose in your life. And Jesus is trying to remind you at the table that he's prepared for you that you have authority over that situation. That, that when you speak the name of Jesus, there's no devil in hell that can do anything. That all the demons have to flee at the name of Jesus. And he's trying to remind you in the presence of everything that's going on that you have, let me speak some truth, and you have authority over the enemy. We forget that a lot of times, but we have authority over the enemy. Here's the next one, blessing. Blessing. At the table that he has prepared for you, he wants to remind you of all the blessings that you have in your life. Anybody ever forget everything that God has done for you whenever you're in the middle of a situation that you don't like? Or is it just me? You're in the middle of something that you don't like what's going on, and you forget everything that God has ever done for you. It's like everything he's seen you through, every time he's been there for you, every time you've had a struggle, every time you've fallen and he's picked you up, 
But when you're in the middle of it, sometimes we need to sit down. Jesus is preparing a table so that we can sit down and he can remind us, you've been, you've been here before. You've been through something like this before. You've been through something in your life, and I saw you through that. So can I just remind you that I'm going to see you through this one too? Blessing. Blessing. Here's the L. Love. At the table he's prepared for you, he wants to love on you through the pain and through the difficulty. He wants to speak truth, speak the word over your situation, remind you that you have authority over it, remind you that he's seen you through things before and he'll see you through again, and then he wants to love on you. Anybody ever just needed to just be loved on? You just, in the presence of God, you just needed God to just love on you? You're sitting there, you're worshiping, you're, you know, whatever, you're sitting there, you're reading your Bible, you're, you just wake up in the morning, and you just, it's like, God, I just need you to, I just need you to remind me that everything's going to be okay. I just need you to love on me in this moment. Can I tell you that we, we serve a God who will do that? That God is not distant from you, that God is right there with you, walking with you through whatever you're going through, and he wants to love on you and remind you that there's nothing that has happened to you, nothing that you have ever done that will ever stop him from loving you. It's a table of love. And here's, here's the last one. I like this one. Equipping. Equipping. Because he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, but your enemies have not gone away. And so while you're sitting at the table with Jesus, he's, he's equipping you to know what to do and how to do it and when to do it so that you can overcome whatever you it is that you're trying to overcome so that you can walk in the victory that you're called to walk in. He's equipping you while you're sitting at the table because he knows that even though you're sitting at the table, all of this is still going on around you. So when you go back to work tomorrow, that thing is still there. And when you, when you go home today, that thing is still there. If your kids are far from God, when you leave here today, they may still be far from God. But when you've sat down, the Lord has equipped you to now know what to do and when to do it and how to do it so that you can walk in what he's called you to walk in. This is the table. When the Bible says he's preparing a table for you, it's not just so you can have a great meal. It's so that you can eat more than that. You can just eat up all that God has for you and allow him to just fill you up so that when you walk back into your situation, you know the truth, you know that you have authority, you know that he's going to see you through again, you know that he still loves you, and he's equipped you for what you're about to walk into. That's the table that he has prepared for you. So now that we understand this table, that Jesus has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, here's what the enemy will do, okay? So you're sitting at the table. You've sat down, and here's Jesus. Let's just pretend this is Jesus. Jesus looks so good. Jesus is awesome. So we're sitting here, and, and me and Jesus, are, we're having this conversation, you know, and he's speaking all these things into my life, and he's encouraging me and doing all this. And here's, <laughs> oh, man. Here's what the devil likes to do. How y'all doing? You good? Oh, my chair really didn't look like yours. 
Mm. Mm. What's up, man? That's good. Y'all just hanging out? Yeah, oh, that's good stuff. This is, <laughs> I'm going to help somebody today. This is what the enemy does. <laughs> he, he wants to pull up a chair to your table. And while you're sitting here having a conversation with Jesus, he pulls up his little scrawny chair. And he tries to get up here on this level. And he starts drinking your drink and eating your cinnamon roll. Come on. You don't want nobody eating your cinnamon roll. He wants to pull up a chair to your table. Now, have you ever been out on a date with your wife or with your husband or with the person that you love? And while you're sitting there, Somebody who recognizes you or somebody who knows you, you're sitting here at your table talking with each other, having a good dinner, and here comes somebody. Hey, man, what's, what are y'all doing? And this could be a special case. You could be out on your anniversary. You could be doing something. And you're sitting at this table, and somebody just pulls up a chair and starts talking to you, and you're looking around like, I don't know, I don't know why you're sitting, like, you don't see that this table is like, what, you don't see what's going on at this table? You don't see the fact that we're having a nice dinner and this is just me and my wife, and here you are, and you've pulled up a chair to my table, and you're going to try to have a conversation with me while I'm trying to have a conversation, this important conversation, because we're out on a date, and we have four kids, and these things are sacred. <laughs> I told you. I told you. And they pull up a chair to your table. Some of y'all are wondering why I didn't answer your phone call. I might have been on a date. I don't know. I don't know. It's a possibility. But you're at your table, and a third person who saw you, they pull up a chair. And this is exactly what the enemy will do at the table that Jesus has prepared for you in the presence of your enemies. Is he will try to pull up a chair. You're having a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he's speaking over your life and your situation, and the enemy's standing over here thinking, oh, let's go over here and just, you know, I'm going to slide it, see if anybody notices that I slide up, and that I start eating your food, and I start drinking your drink, and start having a conversation with you, and whispering things in your ear, and interrupting my conversation with Jesus. And here, I want to give you four ways that you can know, this is, this is going to help you, four ways that you can know if you have the enemy sitting at your table. Four ways that you can know if you have, if the enemy is sitting 
at your table, if he's pulled up a chair to your table. Here, here's what I want to give you today. This is how you'll know. Here's number one. You're not going to make it. Whatever you're, whatever surrounding you right now, whatever you're going through, and whatever you're feeling, and whatever you're experiencing, can I just tell you, if you're hearing somebody or hearing a voice that's saying you're not going to make it, that's not coming from this chair. Because what comes from this chair is truth and authority, blessing, love, equipping you for what you... So, so when you hear the voice in your head saying, you're not going to make it, that's, that's a red flag that you've allowed the enemy to pull up a chair to your table. Because God does not tell you that you're not going to make it. That's, that's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the, the other person who's pulled up his scrawny chair to your table. You're not going to make it. Your marriage is too far gone, you're not going to make it. You've struggled with that addiction for too long, and you're not going to make it. That thing that the doctors told you that you had is too bad, and you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. Can I tell you this morning, that's not your shepherd telling you that you're not going to make it. And we need to get this today. Because a lot of us, myself included, we struggle with this. And we start hearing these thoughts and these voices and, and all of this chatter going on in our minds. And we start thinking, oh, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to make it through this. I'm never going to do that. That's, that means that you have allowed the enemy to pull up a seat at your table. I came to tell you today that the enemy is a liar and that Jesus is telling you that you are going to make it. Here's number two, second way that you can know. It's better at another, another table. It's better at another table. The enemy, when he pulls a chair up to your table, he will try to convince you that what you see over here is better than what you have right there. And when you start hearing the voice and you start having the thoughts that it's better at another table, red flag, you've allowed the enemy to pull up a seat at your table. You thought that, that he or she was the right one to marry, but since marriage is hard work, you messed it up and it's better at another table. You thought you, you took the right step by, by serving there, but you should go over to that table because it's easier. You really shouldn't have been given your money because now you don't have as much money. So isn't, doesn't it look better over here at this table? I don't know why you're, I don't know why you're, why are you giving, why are you giving through the church? Like, you know, don't you want 100% of your money? Like, you earned your money. Don't you want, doesn't it, like, if you come over here, I'll let you keep your money. I'll, I'll let you, you can have all 100% of it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to take any of your money or whatever. And this is exactly what the devil does. It looks better at another table. And all that means is you've allowed him to pull up a seat at your table. You should have been taking that step of faith. Now look at everything going on around you. Doesn't it look better at that table over there? Hmm. 
Here's number three. God doesn't care about you. God doesn't care about you. If God really cared about you, he wouldn't have let that happen. God really doesn't care about what you do. Just do what you think is best for you. This is, this is part of what, what happened in the very beginning. If you go back and read the very beginning of your Bible with Adam and Eve. God is really not trying to protect you. He just doesn't want you to have that. He doesn't care about you enough to like get you out of that situation. He doesn't care about you. The reason you're still in that is because God really doesn't care that you're in that. The reason you're still going through that is because God's really not that big and God really doesn't see you and God really doesn't know and, and, and you're just always, it's just always going to be there because God does not care about you. Can I tell you that if you're hearing that in your mind, that that is the enemy who has pulled a seat up to your table? Because my Bible says that God loved me enough to send his son to die for me while I was still a sinner. And you've heard me say this before, for a just-in-case, this is the only way that I can restore my relationship with humanity that was broken is to send Jesus just-in-case they decide that they want to, they want to choose Jesus. Just in case they want to give their life to Jesus. Not with a guarantee. That's how much God loved you. And so if you're hearing that God does not care about you, it's because the enemy is sitting at your table. And here's number four. Everyone is against you. Everyone is against you. You walk into to work and see some people in the corner talking. Come on, I'm 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 talking to somebody. <laughs> you see some you see some people in the corner talking <laughs> and oh gosh, they hate me. Oh my goodness. I know they're talking about me. As soon as I got close to them, they stopped talking. I know they're talking about me. They don't like me. They're against me. Everybody's against me. You walk into come on, this is you walk into church. Oh, no, oh, no, the Newmans are talking to the Corsis, and I know that the Corsis do not like me, and so now they have convinced the Newmans not to like me also. And so because they're sitting by each other, and I saw them talking during when we were getting some coffee, they were back there talking, and, oh, God, everybody's against me. Everybody hates me. Nothing is, is oh, crap. Oh, oh, and here, oh, my goodness, oh, gosh, now the Kynes family's over there talking to them, too. They're sucking everybody in, and now everybody's going to be against me. You know I'm telling you the truth. You, you walk in, and you start seeing, and can I just tell you, when you walk into a place and you start seeing, and your first thought is, oh, I know they're talking about me. Oh, I know they're, I, oh, and you just start getting worried or whatever. Come on. You've allowed the enemy to pull up a chair at your table. Now, there might be some people that are against you, but not everybody. You're not ever going to make everybody happy. <laughs> but the enemy wants to convince you that you're all alone. 
and everybody hates you, everybody doesn't like you, everybody's against you, and you're never going to have any friends, and now because they didn't return your text within three minutes that they're against you and they don't like you, and the next day you find out that they were just in the hospital. (laughs) But we do this. And the enemy convinces us that just because somebody didn't respond or just because we walked in and somebody didn't say, you know, well, last week when I walked in the door, they were smiling really big and said hi and shook my hand and gave me a hug, and they went and made my coffee. And this week when I walked in, they were like, hey, how you doing? Coffee's over there. So they've got to be like, I did something. I don't know what I did, but they're against me for some reason. We do this all the time. And we don't, we don't, we don't realize, oh, I saw, I saw them eating I saw them eating dinner with them the other night, and now they're whispering at church, and so I, there has to be some reason why they don't like me. Last week, the, the Dales said hi to me and seemed really friendly, and today they haven't even looked at me. <laughs> and we start thinking, oh, they're mad at me. I've done something wrong. Everybody's against me. Like, oh, they're, they're over here now, and now, now they won't even talk to me again. They won't even do this. And here's the reality. They were probably just arguing on the way to church today. And because when they were arguing on the way to church today, they came in and didn't say hi to you, and you let the enemy pull up a seat to your table and convince you that they're against you, and they're not for you, and they don't like you anymore, all because... (laughs) It's all because there's an extra seat at your table that should not be there. And these are the things that are going through our minds. You read something on Facebook. Well, I know they're talking about me. <laughs> I got to fix this. So now you respond and you make it worse. <laughs> and now they, they weren't really against you, but now they really don't like what you said. And so now you really have problems. It's because the enemy has pulled up a seat at your table. This is what the devil does when we let him sit at our table. He starts telling you you're not going to make it. He starts telling you it's better at another table. He starts telling you that God doesn't care about you. He starts telling you that everyone is against you. And this is all at the same table that Jesus prepared for you so that he could speak truth and authority and blessing and love and equip you for what you need to go out and do. And because you let one other chair slide up to your table, you're not hearing anything that's going on on this side of the table. All you're hearing is what's coming from right here. Because he got up in here and he started eating your cinnamon roll. And he started drinking your drink. And he started trying to convince you that what the table you're sitting at is not good enough. And, you know, it doesn't look better over here. And, well, you're not going to make it through that. I know you're trying to talk to Jesus about that. But you're not, you're not gonna, it's not going to help. It's because he's pulled up a chair at your table. And this table of truth and authority and blessing and love and equipping becomes a table of accusation and anxiety and worry and discouragement all because of one person that sat down at the table. But I came to give you some good news. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. I came to give you some good news today that you are, I'm sorry, boy, you about to pull that out from underneath me, man. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. <laughs> Here's the good news today. If you fit into any one of those four categories, 
And you've been hearing those voices, and you're thinking, oh, man, the enemy is sitting at my table. Can I just give you some, some, some wisdom? Can I give you some, you know, some profound thing? This is, can I just show you all you have to do? All you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do is move his chair from the table. You know what, devil? You know, it's okay. I know you like to talk, and you just gossip all the time. And so you can sit over here. <laughs> and I'm going to go back over here at this table for two. And if you try to come back over here, I'm going to do the same thing over and over and over again because this is a table for two. A table for two, and guess what? Guess what? Three's a crowd. <laughs> and so when the enemy tries to sit down at your table and you start hearing, well, you're not going to make it. Well, it's, you're not good enough. Well, everybody's against you. Well, they all hate you now. Oh, look at them over there. They're, they're in their little group, and they didn't include you in their little group. And he starts trying to convince you that this table over here looks better. You just remember that the only reason you're hearing that is because you've allowed, you've allowed the enemy to pull up a chair to your table. And whenever you get ready, all you have to do is remove his chair from your table. Whenever you get ready, all you have to do, I'm, I'm helping you today, I'm telling you, because this is, I, I'm not telling you that he's not going to try to come back. He's pretty persistent. <laughs> so he'll pick up his chair and he'll wait a couple of days and he'll slide back over here. Well, now this happened at work. And let me just scoot your chair. Why don't you just make some room? So I'm just going to move you over here. So I got some room here. And he'll, and he'll pull up to your table. And you see, I told you the other day that you weren't going to make it. And it hadn't, you know, I know that this guy is telling you that it's going to be okay. But doesn't it feel like it got worse? And, uh, you know, they still haven't talked to you. And you still haven't gotten the job. And you still haven't gotten the promotion. So you can still just, you know, you can still come on over here to this other table if you want to you know i'm not going i'm not i'm not going to ask you for any money i'm not going you know just just come on over here to your table i'm telling you the enemy will consistently try to pull up a chair to your table but i'm telling you also that jesus has prepared a table for two for just you and him in the middle of whatever you're going through, and all you need to do is sit down at the table and stop focusing on everything going on around you and lock eyes with Jesus and say, you know what, I'm going to believe what you say. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And, oh, you hear that? Let me, okay. Now, what was I saying? I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and I'm going to listen to what you say and I'm going to believe what you say about me. And, oh, oh I'm going to read your word. And I'm going to study all the things that you promised me. And, oh, yeah, I remember you've gotten me through something like this before. And so I know that you'll get me through it again. Oh, wait a second. 
Okay, yeah, we just, I don't know why he keeps on trying to come back, you know, because I'm just focused on you. And we got to get intentional about locking eyes with Jesus at our table for two. And when somebody else in the enemy tries to pull up a table or a chair to your table, you just stick your foot out. <laughs> you know what? This is, I'm sorry, I'm on a date with Jesus. And three's a crowd, you know, we're just at this, we're just, you know, we're just having this conversation. And so, you know, you can, you can just go on and you can go sit over there at that table. That's perfectly fine. You just go way, just way over there, just back corner, back right over there. If you want to go over there and you just talk to yourself all you want and you can say all you want to do. But I want to sit right here with Jesus in the presence of my enemies and allow him to see me through whatever I'm going through. Will you stand to your feet today? I'm finished with this. You guys can. Jesus has prepared a table for you in the presence of your situation and your circumstance, and it's a table for two. It's a table for two. And all he wants you to do is sit down at the table, lock eyes with him, allow him to speak truth, remind you of your authority, remind you of his faithfulness, love on you, and equip you for what's coming tomorrow. So my question is, how often do you think we need to sit down at the table? How often do you need to sit down at the table? This is just free for everybody. This isn't even in my notes. I don't even have my notes anymore. This is just all. <laughs> I don't think that one time a week is enough for you to sit down at the table. <laughs> because you're out here in everything that's going on all week long. And for an hour and a half, I'm going to sit at the table. And I'm going to hear... What, what the word says and then I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out here into the mess it, it might be a good idea it's just a suggestion but it might be a good idea to sit down at the table every day it, it just might be it might be a good idea to sit down and sometimes if you want my honest opinion sometimes it's good for me to sit down like two times a day <laughs> Three times a day, when I wake up, before I go to bed, when I'm in the middle of some situation or I don't know what to do, just come over here and sit down at the table. And, and God, I don't know what to do right now, but I know you can tell me and you can lead me and you can show me what to do. Come on, with every head bowed, every eye closed, we want to invite our prayer team to come down. We want to give you the opportunity today to receive prayer for anything in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. We want you to have the opportunity. And we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. We want to encourage you. This is an opportunity for you to come down and take a moment and, and, and sit down at the table. Allow someone to pray with you, believe with you, speak life over you. And every one of us need it. Nobody is We all need prayer. Everybody needs prayer. I need prayer. Y'all can pray for me. We all need prayer.
So don't feel like because you come down for a prayer that there's something wrong or there, you know, that there's this catastrophic thing. No, we all need prayer. And we don't want you to leave today without allowing us to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, as we sing this last song, we're going to worship together. For those of us that are not coming down for prayer, I encourage you, let's worship however you worship. Let's, let's, uh, let's leave here today in an atmosphere of worship. And if you need prayer at any point during this song, you're welcome to come down and receive prayer. Okay? God, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would draw every person here who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.